0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Just past the bottom of the hour, you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilcom, along with Father Randall Kazel. It's Thursday in Pine Island, Minnesota, at the Church of St. Michael, where, Father Kazel, you are pastor here on a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day.
1: Welcome to be here for you and all of our listeners. And what a blessing to be able to talk about our faith and hear from great Catholics. And we welcome. Uh, Mr. Peter Martin, the Director of Faith, Formation, and Life at the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Peter, welcome here.
2: Thanks very much. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, great to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your role is in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester?
2: Yeah, so I am married uh, almost 19 years. My wife and I have eight children, seven boys and one little princess and um, I am the Director of Life, Marriage, and Family for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and Faith Formation, and have been there almost 10 years now in Winona. So, yeah, it's a blessing to be here, a blessing to be with you, and uh, I'm yeah happy to take a stab at explaining what the domestic church is. Certainly, uh, as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's become kind of a catchphrase ever since we've um, had to be quarantined. Uh, a lot of people use the term as we... Are known to it gets to be kind of a household term, but we don 't really know where it came from uh, and so you know the early church fathers actually called the domestic church kind of the tiny churches um, because you know little little families obviously um, you know joined the church and came to be become a greater church um, and the domestic churches we know it is sim- very similar to the regular church where we uh, as a family teach the faith to our children this is where We listen to God's Word as a family, where we offer prayers together as a family and personally. And, of course, where we teach the love of Christ. uh, And it's a blessing uh, for those of us that are parents. We're, by our example, able to be a priest, prophet, and king and to really be able to fulfill our role as baptized uh, members of Christ's body. Um, And so, you know, a lot of people think, oh, geez, the domestic church... Our, our house is kind of a mess, uh, certainly nothing like a church. Uh, and, and that's not really what we're expecting. Some people think that domestic church, we have, to, we have to change our living room so it looks more like a monastery. Well, that's false. The, you know, uh, the, the home is a place of love, and the parents are blessed to be able to give that love, first of all, to one another, uh, and then to exemplify that love to their children. Uh, and it's, you know, it really it t- it takes off from there. You know, the parents kind of uh, take the role of being that example of Christ uh, to their children. And their children, you know, that's it's why we say that the children are kind of a chip off the old block, right? They, they follow what their parents do. So it's a blessing as parents. It's a blessing uh, to be able to, to lead our domestic church in that way. I know Pete. You know we met back in seminary. Yes. Uh,
0: up in St. Paul. I'm actually I'm wearing, as you might have noticed, a St. Thomas uh, shirt here because uh, this is kind of like a little mini St. Thomas reunion, yeah. alumni reunion. Because Father Kiesel, you're a St. Thomas alum as well. That's right. You went to seminary up there. But as we know, uh, I would say the majority of seminarians, at least in the minor seminary where Pete, you, and I were, don't go on to become ordained. And so, how do we live? Uh, as church with not faced with the reality that I'm not going to be a priest. It was explained to me a while back by a priest that, no, you are, you are the priest of your household. This is your vocation, the domestic church. It was a real eye opener for me. And that's something that we can cultivate and what we're called to, as you so beautifully explained, exemplify for our children, that love of Christ that we first showed to our spouse and that was reciprocated back. It then, spills over and then you even even overflows beyond the family right
2: that's right that's right so the the blessing of of uh, our family is that we are able to be god's love to the world so jp2 once said that the family is really the best um, analogy of god's love of the trinity because we've got father and mother loving one another. And from that love comes the child, just as uh, the father loves the son and spirates the Holy Spirit. And so we as a family, if we're living rightly, can be that love to the world. And we experience it, uh, my family, because, well, we're very large in in today's standards. Uh, But also in our church, we we sit right up front. Uh, We do that uh, for a couple of reasons. The children can see, for one. Uh, and then, two, we've, we've noticed that um, if, if we're right up front, there's usually a gap because it's a Catholic church, right? So everybody sits in the back. And when we've got that gap, people, A, don't see uh, the kids messing around as much. And then, B, that the, the adults don't kind of uh, dawdle. On the children and and disrupt them uh, from trying to pay attention, so uh, but the one thing smart. being yeah, smart. being front and center <laughs> with this large family. It's inevitable that people are going to comment on on the size or just the the fact that they were well behaved. Again, that are sitting up front, they didn't see all, the, all of our hands kind of holding them down and, and <laughs> keeping them from fighting one another. <laughs> That's a lot that a few can. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Um, but it it is a blessing because we do get lots of compliments. Of um, just just it it brings forth sometimes a reminiscence, but just people appreciate seeing a large family. And I think it, it really speaks to, even if it's, it's subconscious, it speaks to their knowledge that we're really meant to be um, a self-gift. And what does a large family say to people? But wow, you guys really give of yourselves a lot. Because everyone who has a family knows that there's a struggle involved, that, that there is a dying to self. And when you see that there you know, are are. Eight children now uh, people think wow you must really give of yourselves um, and that it, it is the case and it's a beautiful um, gift that we're able to be christ uh, just in that way um, one of the things that i like to tell families is that you know it's it's really very simple jp2 said it in the letter to the families he said families just become who you are mm-hmm. uh, which is just to say that fulfill your vocation and, and there's enough sacrifice involved in just loving uh, that, that that's heroic in itself. Um, and so when people look at the domestic church and they think, wow, I can't do that, uh, that's false, right? There, there, there's certainly uh, things that we can do, as St. Teresa of Calcutta said, we can do little things with great love. And we don't have to aim at being uh, the picture-perfect family. And uh, my wife and I always laugh because we are public. Um, You know, I'm the director of of the office, and we sit right up front. Uh, People know us, and they always say, you know, it's so uh, lucky for you to have met such a great spouse and to have such a great family. (laughs) And we always laugh. Not that that's not true, but that they don't know the sacrifice that's involved in that. Uh, a lot of people think when they see something good that it was based on luck. And Teresa and I were like, you don't understand all the struggle involved just getting the kids there that day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's not as if we have been particularly blessed with gifts that no one else can grasp, but it's that we have struggled and we know that, you know, these, these are important things, and I think that's the important thing about the domestic church is that it, it's—in um, order to build a domestic church, you really have to prioritize, um, and so you have to bring Christ to the family. Uh, one of the things the domestic church isn't is uh, it, it's not something that replaces the church, uh, mm-hmm. and that's the thing I fear, is that people will say, well, we've been away from the church now for a few months. We don't have to go. We can just be a domestic church. Well, that's false. We— We can be a domestic church, but we have to be a part of the body of Christ as well. But yeah, the tools that I I bring are just very simple. You know, bringing Christ to your dinner table, you know, blessing before meals, uh, praying over your children before they go to bed, praying together your evening prayers, Um, little simple things that help your children see that the priority is God first, family second, and, and then others, and then ourselves after that. Um, and they start to catch on, right? The faith is caught, not taught so much. Peter, you're sharing great wisdom with us.
1: And certainly there, there's a marvelous foundation that you started. I want to share with you that in the last six weeks, I've had a couple weddings in the church. One uh, back on May 16th, very interesting, never experienced before. There were There were five of us in the wow. church. Uh, the bride and groom, and yeah. two witnesses, and me, right. and just the the nature of the times. But uh, and then this last uh, Saturday, mm-hmm. when we could have more people in the church, but still it was a relatively small crowd compared to what the mm-hmm. couple would have liked to have. Right. Uh, but no music; it was very simple, and they were fine with that. Mm-hmm. But it it brought me as I contemplated that experience from the view of the priest, from right. my, my as a pastor, that we were at the bare bones of the sacrament of matrimony. Mm-hmm and the, the beginning of the domestic church that as I looked at these couples respectively and I asked them to state their intentions, In you know, there's what have you decided inside yourself about what's going on here, what God is doing. And I hear that coming out with you and your wife, that you and your wife have decided hmm. we are going to be intentional to collaborate with the Holy Spirit in this sacrament of matrimony, intentional about the sacrifices we're going to make. And you've alluded to it in so many different ways about how the two of you have formed a foundation with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then it's the domestic church, the fruitfulness of it. Can you tell a little bit more about that and that that beautiful foundation of that interior decision and how that's bearing out?
2: Yeah. So Matt mentioned that I was in the seminary. So obviously I'm used to discerning. But after I discerned out of the seminary, my wife and I both discerned together. What is it that God wants of our lives? Right. So pointing to the fact that marriage—we were already engaged at that time. We knew that we were, uh, you know, called to be married. But that's not the end. So many people look at marriage as the kind of the end goal. Like, okay, I've got my vocation now. I'm done. But no. Our family has a vocation of its own. And so even way back when we were engaged, we prayed together on, you know, what does God want for us in our lives? And so uh, we were blessed to be, you know, kind of given um, an idea of God, God really wants us to spread the love uh, and the truth of marriage in the world Um, and so that led us to study um, and you know so we started out our marriage very simply in fact we asked that there would be no gifts because we were going to go off to study and we were going to be living essentially uh, in Rome at the time we were going to study in Rome Italy we didn't need a comforter. We didn't need uh, a bedroom set. You know, the, all those things. We said we could just use the money to help us travel. But um yeah, the, it's just a good reminder that it, the 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 vows are one thing, but the the marriage doesn't end. You know, it 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 begins at that point, and and recognize that God has a plan for your life. It, maybe it is having a large family, maybe it isn't, maybe you're not allowed, maybe you're not able to have a family, but God's asking you to be his love in the world in some other way. We're all called to be Christ in the world. And as we talk about, we talk about some of the struggles that we have in the world right now. uh, And I always say, you know, the world needs a lot more of Jesus and he's called each of us to be that, right? So we can go out into the world and be Christ's love in these struggles, The world needs a lot more of Jesus, that's for sure. (laughs) That's right. We'll take that over
0: the next few minutes here as well. We'll contemplate that right after we take a short uh, breather here. We're speaking with Peter Martin from the Diocese of Winona Rochester, Director of Faith, Formation, and Life, and talking about the domestic church, how it's been so important here. We'll maybe drill down a little bit more on the details of how it's been the past few weeks uh, with the lockdown not being able to go to Mass, etc. Uh, on the other side here. You're listening to the Real Presence Radio Network. More after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 47 minutes past the hour, it's Real Presence Live. Matt Wilcom, along with Father Randall Kazel, was graciously invited us to come and broadcast here at his, his church. Happy to have you, Matt, anytime. And we're talking about the domestic church as well, and how we're just talking, uh, Father Kazel, with our guest Peter Martin, who is here in studio at the parish offices, about how the vocations of priesthood and marriage are complementary and they follow the same pattern of holiness
1: yeah the same pattern for the interior life that the uh, peter was just making the point before we went on break about how the world needs a lot more of jesus and the intriguing question that peter mentioned that uh, peter and his wife asked is jesus what do you want for us what is your purpose for our life and that that's the same thing that the priest has to ask and it's the same thing that a married couple living the domestic church life of grace in their home need to ask as they begin their life together and as they go day by day. And that docility toward Jesus' love for his designs and the adventure of living in relationship with him. So Peter, can you share a little bit more about that? Our people are listening and you know, we do need a lot
2: more of Jesus. Absolutely. And the uh, the funny thing is when people think of sanctity they think well this this is only born out in the monasteries and the convents right and the, and the, the saints are really only the priests and the religious and uh but that's false right uh, even Jesus himself spent the majority of his life in the family and and when when you read about the saints if you if you look back, you read about their family, and oftentimes the the saints you know it wasn't just one there were more than one in the family. I just finished a book of Saint. Bernard of Clairvaux who was uh, there was a, a whole family of saints because uh, their parents again they led that example of following Christ and and asking Christ. What is it that you want from me, and I'll just continue with that example. Saint. Bernard of Clairvaux lived in a very similar time as we do now with the with the world becoming a little bit more secular uh even in the church and and it was very clear that that the Lord wanted their family to bring back the faith in a in a very uh tangible way uh, where the the church was starting to be more loose uh, and so these these men it was a family of like my own seven boys and one girl um, and and the men started calling out other men saying you know we need to be more of who we're called to be stronger men who who are focused more on serving others than ourselves and of course when you get a society such as ours that that focuses on comfort you start losing that and of course with that go, go the morals uh, and sanctity of course is lost as too, as well so uh You know, we all have a, a way that we can bring Christ into the world, and it's particular to who we are. God uses our gifts, our talents, He uses our personality so don't don't discount yourself and say no I'm an introvert i could never I could never send christ's love into the world I'm just comfortable being at home well we we all have ways that we can bring holiness into the world We're speaking this morning with Peter Martin on Real Presence Live. Peter is
0: the Director of Faith, Formation, and Life at the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And we're broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota, where Father Randall Kazel, you are a pastor. I'm Matt Wilcombe. And Peter, maybe we, you know, we talk about we all have, you, know, you just mentioned we all have different ways in which we can bring holiness into our families. Maybe is there a way that we can drill down on more specifically how we can do this what kind of
2: tools does a family have at its disposal absolutely so the first thing is is the the focus on the marriage itself a lot of people think well i've i've got to focus on my kids because you know i've got teenagers or well the funny thing about children is that what they need to see more than than the love that you have for them is they need to see you loving your spouse people think well you know my kid really needs me right now but no he needs to see that your relationship with your spouse is okay that's the foundation of his life after all his or her life is the is the love of his parents and so a lot of people think well i you know i don't have time to focus on my spouse because i really want to focus on this attitude problem or whatever we have depression maybe uh but in the end the children will be happier when their parents are happy. And so one of the things I wanted to pitch, uh, and I'll use this opportunity right now, is that there's a, a Catholic marriage summit, a virtual Catholic marriage summit that's going on right, right now, starting today until June 13th. Um, and it's all of these married couples, uh, a lot of them very popular, who are giving their testimony, talking about what marriage is. And it's a perfect opportunity for all of our listeners to go on to joyfuleverafter.org, and to sign on and listen to these couples. It's an online um, forum, so you can sign on, register, it's free, and then just at your leisure, listen to these married couples give their testimony. And there's so much richness. Uh, there's so many ways that we can strengthen our marriage, um, especially in times like these, you know, high-stress some people may have lost their jobs. These are very difficult times, especially for marriages. And I just would invite all of you to, to take a look at that. Because, again, the, the best way for us to strengthen our family is to strengthen our marriage. So
0: I was just looking at joyfuleverafter.org here. Some pretty prominent Catholic speakers and their spouses featured here. Yes. Damon and Melanie Owens, for instance. Dr. Edward and Beth Shree. Dr. Scott and Kimberly Hahn. Chris and Natalie Stefanik, just a few of the couples here feature. Them. This is
2: a free Absolutely. conference. Absolutely wow. free. And it's, uh, like I said, it's at your leisure. So these are all pre-recorded talks. So at the moment that they open, typically it's noon. I believe it's noon today. You can go on and just start listening. Uh, and I know the first, uh, for my own uh, personal preference, my first talk probably will be uh, Dr. Free and his wife. Because I just, I, I really appreciate him and uh, I'd love to be able to see him alongside with his wife talking about the beauty, dignity of marriage. Absolutely. It's something you don't normally get to see right. or hear.
0: You just hear the, usually just the speaker. Exactly. So this is a unique opportunity. JoyfulEverAfter.org, again, is the website. We're talking with Peter Martin from the Diocese of Winona Rochester about building up the domestic church, how we can do that in our respective families. And, Peter, how can we lead this change? I mean, the culture is so uh, seemingly against us. You, you talked a little bit about a culture of convenience, of comfort. How do we overcome this in, within our families? It's a
2: difficult struggle
0: in a materialistic society
2: like yeah. the United States. Yeah, so I, I listened to a talk recently. Uh, Dale Alquist, you know, he, he talked about G.K. Testaton's view of man today. It's not only that they've lost their way, but they've lost their address. They don't know where they're from. I think that's the first thing that we all need to recognize is where we're from. And when we recognize that our lives are a gift, that every one of us have received this great gift from God, then we start to give back in that way. So uh, with with my children, we went through this program recently, three of the older boys and I, that focused on, you know, building up your life as a gift. And the first thing in the morning that you do is you spend time in gratitude, just thanking God for everything that you have. And that's just a great way to start to organize your family and then give them the gifts to be able to go out into the world in confidence. Yes, it's a world that has this, this strong anti-Christian current, but when we know that we have been created for something— that God has given us a purpose that He hasn't given anyone else, we can go out into the world and not be uh, n- n- not fall into that current it'll give us the strength to recognize that I have been created for a reason and I think that's the best thing that we can do is to start organizing our lives in a way that is is true and and when our kids see that we have parents who are living in this way, then they'll see that it can be done. And they'll copy us.
1: Yeah, great words, Peter. And I, I have a question uh, a little bit building upon the parents seeing uh one's own life as a gift and their marriage together as a gift from God, bringing them together to form the beginnings of the domestic church. And uh, our Lord has a long view in the sense of human history and of each one of us. He, he continually sees this as a work that we need to cooperate with him to be perfected. But he also sees the long view for his saints in heaven, how they're perfected Mm -hmm. and that we're drawn to the ideal that perfection is for each one of us in heaven. And, how would you say that might translate when you see the, you know, little Johnny or right. little Jill not listening to mom and dad or putting up a temper tantrum? And where does the long view come in in that to see the purpose and what, what you're really about in giving yourself as parents uh, to loving your children?
2: Well, I know one thing's for sure is that uh, when you become a parent, you realize how inept you are <laughs> before. Chris <laughs> Stefanik has this great line that, you know, parenting is, is awesome. But then you have kids and they ruin it. Because <laughs> before, you know, you're going to be the best parent, you're going to raise the best kids, and then you have kids and you realize, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so I guess the best thing I could I could offer is just that, you know, we recognize that God is a God of mercy, uh, and, and we offer that mercy as often as we can. And then we emulate that as well. That's one thing that parents, at least, um, you know, in my parents' generation, they didn't probably do very well, and that is show mercy and show that they were human and ask forgiveness. So we do that with our kids, you know, and say, you know what? Dad got a little bit upset. He didn't really need to get that upset, and I apologize, and I mm-hmm. ask for your forgiveness. Uh, and that gives them a way to to recognize that, okay, my parents aren't perfect. Uh, they're They're working on their own salvation as well. And this is what we need to do. Another great Um, way of showing that that you are human is by having your kids see you go into the confessional, having your kids see you praying at a certain time every day. Those are ways that you can show that, hmm, my dad's not perfect, because, you know, that's what kids think at at first until they reach the teen years. (laughs)
0: Great, great advice. Peter Martin, thanks so much for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live, talking about the domestic church tools that we can use as families, concrete ideas for building up the body of Christ in our own homes. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Up next, we're going to be talking about music in the liturgy. How important is it and what can we do to improve it? These are important questions uh, that flow into our daily lives as well, into the domestic church from the regular church uh, and we're here at one of those regular churches that's right Father Kazel your parish yeah See, we love our liturgy
1: and music here at the church well all the parishes I have I have five different churches but thanks be to God we're going to hear more here coming up just after the break
0: absolutely You'll, you're you listening to Real Presence Live more next